book in a bed. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of A Book and a Bev. And we're here today to tear out your heart and proceed to sob angrily at each other for the next hour. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Where's the lie? Mm. So as you may have guessed, this episode is on A Thousand Boy Kisses by Tilly Cole. To our listener who recommended this, thank you. And also, are you okay? (laughs) Because this book fucked me up like nothing else. Oh, my God. So it's about a girl with terminal cancer and her relationship with her soulmate and at the end of all about the end of her life, really. It's soul-destroying, hopeful and beautiful, and Bryony did, in fact, cry off her winged eyeliner whilst waiting. I did. (laughs) I only had the faintest of corners left by the time I was done. Oh, I'm not going to be okay this episode. (laughs) No, fuck. Bring it on, fam. Maybe I'll do it again. Find out. Oh, (laughs) my God. Even typing my notes, I was getting emotional. It's like, oh, my God. All right. Anyway, what are we drinking, ladies? Look, I was going to drink gin and lemonade to look like literal tears because I saw George is drinking something of that type of calibre. Um, and then I was weak, and so now I'm drinking um, Johnny Walker Red and Cola. Hell yeah. <laughs> just, just, just because I want to suffer. Mm. My swell man. Fair enough. I'm on um, rosé tonight. Very sweet, very floral, reminiscent Mm. of Poppy. Mm. Oh, fucking resting. I can't even, I can't even hear her name. Ah! I am drinking Alizé and I'm actually, it's actually uh, Stesla, Stesla, Stesla. Seltzer? Seltzer, that's it. I was like, (laughs) Why am I saying so? You've mixed alcohol with, with alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> and- yeah. So, this just alcohol. So, I might not make it out of here alive, um, but that's basically the plan because. Much like um, Poppy. Oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh Ellie. my God. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, on that note general vibes lucky like crying because this book is a fucking schmozzle um like an idiot i thought i would read this some of this at work on my lunch break can confirm i mistakes were made and i proceeded to sob hysterically in the kitchen it was fine um (laughs) it's a beautiful book very the fault in our stars um i loved it ripped my soul from my body but i was happy for it unsurprisingly though i read the blurb of this and my brain went Oh, my God, Poppy is murdered and Rune has to find the killer. Oh, my God. That's why she's disappeared. It's going to be lovely bones. She's in a basement. No. No. Incorrect. Incorrect. Why do I think everything is about murder? These are the questions we have. (laughs) (laughs) Surprisingly, um, a bit that made me absolutely hysterical in this and not in like a funny way, in like a very, very sad clown crying way, was um, Alton, Rune's brother. So um, prepare for me to be a hot mess there, just FYI. (laughs) Oh, God, me too, me too. All right, this book, fuck. I read it in a day and I cried multiple times. 
but maybe not for the reasons most people do. Like I'm assuming most people were like very into the relationship. I was very much into the parents' perspective on this. And obviously, clearly I have my own children, so maybe that's why. But I just couldn't get my mind away from them, even though they weren't really in it a whole lot. Um, but I just instantly associated my feelings in that situation. And, yeah, like, no, it didn't end well, did not end well. <laughs> it was very reminiscent to me of A Walk to Remember. Mm-hmm. Watched that movie when I was, like, 15. Shane West, stuck. you stud. Mm. Love that bear. Look, I, I rewatched some little clips on YouTube the other day. Do not recommend, by the way. Why would do you do that? Fuck. I want pain, apparently. Mm-hmm. I just gotta get a wax or something instead of putting myself through this trauma. I was gonna what? say that's an interesting kink there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Oh fuck. Anyway, anyway so if anyone nice. recommends a, a book in the future with a kid that gets sick, you're dead to me. I'm not doing it. I cannot and I will not. Colleen Hoover, if you decide to write a book like that that rips my heart out in that way, Georgia, you look suspicious. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I can't. I can't. Is that Does that happen in all your perfects? Oh, my God, no. No, 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 no. That's about infertility. Oh, so a different kind they're, of trauma. They're already... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the joke started coming out. I, I saw you. I saw you go. Um, reminders of him. Uh, it's not about a sick kid, but it is about like a child's relationship with their parents. That mm. I get ya. <sighs> anyway, the writing and the imagery was beautiful. It was a very easy read. Absolutely loved it. If you want to cry, read this book. Thousand percent agree with that statement. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I have read this book before. I was going to recommend it before it was recommended by someone else um, because I like seeing people cry. I don't know if I was really devastated when it got brought in or if I was excited because, like, it just fucking destroyed me. But I also loved it so very much. It's my favourite Tilly Cole book I've read so far. It's heartbreaking. It's beautiful. It speaks of a love so, like, powerful and rich that it just makes me want to change my ways from, like, a smutty porn reading gal to being a romantic. (laughs) Why not do both? It's wow. never going to happen for me. It's not. Uh, but it, it's a book that made me feel that way. <laughs> so you can't have, like, you are my undying love forevermore and I want you to fuck me in my asshole. Wiggle. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what's happened to me, guys. I'm really sorry. Last week I was a teenage boy and this week I don't know what's come over me. <laughs> you just emotionally destroyed. You're like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, my God. I, I, yeah, look. I read a book the other day that said. Shocking. I, <laughs> I know, we're all shocked. Um, But it was, it said. I want you to make love to me. And after that moment, I decided that I didn't like the book anymore. <laughs> I was like, nope, that's enough to put me off. Actually, I, do- I literally was like, I don't want you to make love to me, sir. I want you to fuck me. I'm sorry. That's it. Anyway, off topic. 
this book, it broke my heart. It ripped it fully out of my chest and started eating it like a starved animal. And then it spat it back out and screamed at me and was like, fuck you. That was a but- brutal imagery. Oh, my God. Are you Khaleesi? <laughs> well, that's how it made me feel. I was just like, by the end of it, you guys saw my Snapchats. I was just like in absolute tears, hysterics. And Aiden was sitting across from me on the other side of the couch, just like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's a fucking traumatic read. So we start off at the beginning of this beautiful book with a dedication. Um, and it fucking ripped my heart out and it hasn't even started the book yet. The dedication says, dedication for believers in true, epic, soul-shattering love. This one's for you. And I was like, oh, stop, speak less. (laughs) And then we jump straight from there into the prologue. And in the prologue, we meet five-year-old Rune Christensen and Poppy Litchfield. Basically, we're located in Blossom Grove in Georgia in USA. And we find out that Rune is from Norway. And we get this little description of him, which is like just reminding me of like a little Brad Pitt with like shoulder length blonde hair and blue eyes. And I'm all like... You really like Brad Pitt. I really do like Brad Pitt. It's just Troy Brad Pitt. It just is in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Troy Brad Pitt could literally fucking bend me over, put anything he wanted inside. (laughs) Stop now. Whoa. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just, when I think about Brad Pitt and Troy, I get hot. (laughs) Anyway. Here we go. Oh, Mm. Jesus. that Poppy is literally the girl next door. So, of course, their bedrooms are across from each other and there's no fence, which is a little bit odd concerning lack of security. Seems to be an American thing. Yeah, it is an American thing. Okay. Apparently they're like, I want my neighbours right, right there. And they become best friends. And at this point they're five. And, oh, my God, it's so fucking cute. I just love this moment. And I just love the way kids think. So Poppy goes, you live next door to me. You're from Norway, so obviously you're a Viking. I really like Vikings. So we're best friends. And I was like, oh, how beautiful. But then I'm like, that's kind of like us. We've literally gone, we all work together. Well, (laughs) fuck you, Brony. We all work together. We like fairy penises. And we're all a little bit odd. Are we best friends? Are we best friends? Are we best friends? (laughs) Yeah. So for this chapter, it ends with Poppy and Rune, best friends for infinity. Or so I thought. Funny how things change. Fuck that. (laughs) No. I was like, like, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, it's going to be, because you need to understand, right? I read Punk 57 before I read this. And Punk 57 is not this type of high school romance, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Oh. Mm, Penelope Douglas, thank you for doing the Lord's work. So when this happened, I was like, oh, my God, is there going to be some spicy, juicy scenes? But I really knew deep down that it wasn't going to be that way. But Because it's about children. I was holding out hope that it would be, you know, all right in the end. But, like, I just was also very worried. 
and yeah, look. At this point, they're five, but they do get there is a high school romance in there. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about five year olds doing nothing. I swear, Ronnie, <laughs> do not take it. No, no, no. <laughs> no five year olds. I'm talking about when they're teenagers, okay? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Look, we go from there and we start off, and I'm concerned. But that's fine. So we jump into chapter one, and Rune and Poppy are besties. And one day, Poppy gets taken out of school. And Look, at this moment, so her dad takes her out of school and I'm like, I, this is where I'm like, maybe the dad's the killer because I still think Poppy's going to get murdered. And then so Rune's at the fence, like, watching him go, being like, where are you going? And she's like, I don't know. And so her dad's taking her out of school and he's doing that thing parents do and she doesn't understand. But basically her grandma is dying and she's being taken to say goodbye. And her dad's trying to hold it together. It's very emotional. And my heart broke. Oh, I, as soon as, like, it started getting to, like, the grandparents and, like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. And basically what we find out is that Momo was one of her best friends, her her best friend right next to Rune. And there's these little quotes that she says that are beautiful and touching and make my heart hurt. And one of those is she's talking about like how she's ready, she's getting ready to go home, which is she's getting ready to go to heaven. And she says this quote to Poppy that is, this isn't our true home, girly. This life, well, it's just a great big adventure while we have it, an adventure to enjoy and love with all our heart before we go on the greatest adventure of all. Oh, and it's just sweet, but it's terribly sad, but it's a good way to put it to an eight-year-old definitely like it's such a good way to put it I remember when my grandfather passed away when I was around that age and my auntie gave me this book that was about like life and how like there's living there's an ending well there's there's the beginning of life there's the ending (laughs) of life and there's living in between and it shows you like the life of like a butterfly the life of like all these different things and like it was so that's the first thing that I thought of when she said that was like that book from my auntie that explained death to me and this is, like, another mm. really beautiful way to explain it to someone that's really young. Yeah. Yeah. It was just really sweet. It was beautiful. Yeah. And then so in this moment, um, Momo is talking about her favourite memories and we find out that her favourite memories were Pawpaw's kisses, which is Poppy's grandfather's kisses. Um, and she gives Poppy one more adventure and she basically gives her a mason jar that is filled to the brink with uh, empty, like, little pink paper hearts with nothing written on them yet. And she tells Poppy that it's 1,000 boy kisses. And basically she says to Poppy that she needs to fill out every single one of the love hearts that she can with someone that she loves, and they have to be, like, the special kisses, the kisses that are in the rain, the kisses at sunset, the kisses that are on first dates, the one that makes your heart first and it was so cute I was like oh that's so sweet it's a very strange gift to give an eight-year-old yeah yeah I, I was supposed like she did that like she you know her favorite I'm glad you said it. that because I was sitting here being like look mm-hmm. I'm about to be controversial I'm not entirely enthused by this grandma giving her eight-year-old granddaughter whatever the fuck the heart's being like go out and be a little hoe mm-hmm. and kiss a thousand boys yeah. And it's got to be boys, mm, even though you're true. eight. And but, you still have the choice. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. It's a different time. Sure, sure, sure. It's all good. 
Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Momo, she dies. Um, goodbye, Momo. Yeah. And this time it's not emphysema, bitch. <laughs> it's just. Actually, it was because she had cancer. She had lung cancer, didn't she? Oh, my, oh my God, God, it was emphysema. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is the first bit I cried in. And it, I wasn't really expecting it. I mean, like, I'm assuming nearly everyone's experienced a grandparent dying and it's always terribly sad. But the thing that got me here was the mum having to watch the conversation of her mum saying goodbye to her daughter and their relationship coming to an end. And, like, because I can see the relationship my mum has with my kids and it's, like, that is beautiful. And when you picture a grandparent dying... I never sort of pictured it from like the point of view of my parent and watching them go through their own grief about losing their mum, mm. but then lose also your children having to experience grief. I don't know. It, it messed me up. It messed me up. And we're in chapter fucking one. Not okay. It's not good. It's not yeah. Good. I, yeah, I, um, when like, I refer back to my dog get, going missing, which is not the same as death. <laughs> But, like, my dog went missing and I remember my mum was sobbing one night to my brother mm. being like, I can't take away George's pain and I feel helpless mm-hmm. and I've never been in this experience before. I've never had to explain to Georgia that she might never get her baby, which is her baby before baby's back, mm-hmm. that he might be dead. And, like, my, I remember my mum telling me, my brother telling me that my mum was just sobbing uncontrollably and my brother had to step in and be like, pull yourself together. They could still find yeah. him. And then, like, the next day we ended up finding him, which is crazy. But, like, you know, m- like watching, like, knowing that my mum was going through that type of trauma of just, like, how I'm not only going through a loss mm-hmm. myself because Zeus was, like, their second dog as well, but it's yeah. also, like, my daughter. Is- in- yeah. 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 Fuck. I'm not ready to be an adult. I'm not. No, I'm nearly 30. I'm not ready. (laughs) And at this stage, I'm already struggling as well. I'm like, fuck, this is emotional. Okay. And then we get to the bit where the first bit, I'm literally sitting on the couch reading this and my mum's just minding her own business. And then I read this and I'm like, oh, fuck off. (laughs) Because Rune has a nickname for Poppy and it's Poppy Min. It means my Poppy. I'm not okay. How dare you? The audacity. But. Moral of the story, Poppy's, like, run out. You know, she's got a jar. She's crying because her grandma's died. And Rune runs after her. And then they comfort each other. And Poppy's like, look, like, Momo gave me an adventure. I have to kiss a thousand boys because I'm a hoe. And Rune is, like, not really enthused about that. No. Like, he's, and he's quite, he's quite pissed, to be honest. He is quite pissed. He's like, absolutely not. No. I will not allow that. So then he kisses her and they're like, we're, we're like, what, eight? We're mm. eight? But mm. That's interesting. very young. How old are you guys those kisses? 13. I was very young. There's a photo of me when I'm like four years old kissing Brett on the lips. I don't know if that counts. No, <laughs> it doesn't. It What's doesn't. Like that one? I don't. Remember, um, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast like three days ago. So, fair enough. I was 17. Oh, I, I was a late bloomer. 
No. Oh. Oh. Like five. Oh. <laughs> and he's like 17. George's like 17. Jesus. Well, look, so we go from that moment and um, he basically then goes, you know what, this is so, so beautiful. I'm going to give you the thousand. And then from the age of eight, they're basically dating. They kiss five times and it's cute, but I'm also uncomfortable. And that's basically the bar of the story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just young love unsettles me, but it's beautiful. So I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. yeah I completely agree with that. Young love. Young love. It's intense. It's fucking intense. It is. So then we jump forward into chapter two and they're now 15. So it's slightly less problematic, but I'm still uncomfortable. Um, but we have this beautiful opening scene where Poppy is playing the cello and Rune has his camera, his little photographer man, and he is capturing like the perfect moments of her playing and she's so captivated by the music and it was just, it killed me. I was like, that is some fucking beautiful shit right there. That is. Oh, I loved it. And then basically when Poppy finishes, we find out because they have a quick kiss and she um, they're up to kiss 352 because each of like the little quotes that they say is, you know, 352 with my rune up against the hallway or whatever the fuck. Yeah. My heart, and my heart burst or like, my heart almost burst. And we find out a little bit more about each of them as they're growing up. So we find out that Poppy is a little bit of an outcast. She wears bows in her hair. And Rune is like the hot bad boy who wears like all black, looks like Brad Pitt. I'll say it again. Tell me I'm wrong. Why is um, your pinky coming out so aggressively there? <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, the pinky. Um, Jesus. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and then Rune mentions how one day he wants to be watching Poppy play her cello at Carnegie Hall. And... Oh, I'm like, that's really cute because she's really talented at playing chili, as we just found out because he's taking photos of her and she's encaptured in the music. And I love that when someone's really passionate about like what they do. And in this moment as well, we meet their friends. So we meet Jory, who is Poppy's next best friend next to Rune. Um, yes. We may we meet Judson, Deacon, Ruby, and also Avery. And Avery, she's not really in the friend group, but she's like, you know, there nonetheless. And she has eyes for Rune, and we don't like that. No, no we do not. Fuck we you, Avery. Not. Do you know what we also don't like? The bows Poppy wears in her hair. Yeah, I don't like the bows. No, <laughs> I keep picturing like these giant, giant ones. <laughs> Look, there's a couple things in this book that as much as I sobbed hysterically also made me unhappy Mm -hmm. it is the bows yes it's the age yes yeah and it's the use of baby oh i liked that i hate the pet name baby like i hate it deeply with a passion so every time i'm like it's so beautiful and then they're like baby and i'm like no done I, I like being called baby. Yeah, yeah, I don't personally, I don't like being called pet names in general unless it's, no, don't say that. Um, <laughs> um, but, like, you know. Wait, no, don't say what. <laughs> you know, like, in the bedroom. But what names? Like, good girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, good girl. Sam put that one out the other night and I was like. I am, yes. <laughs> um, you know, names like My that. time has come and so have I. My time has yes, it has <laughs> indeed. Um, I like the name Baby mm. in books and stuff like that. I do, especially when it's 
for like a younger couple, I think it's like a very like young kind of, you know, compliment. I've just realised why I don't like baby. Why? My first ever boyfriend called me baby. Oh, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. There we go. Oh, yeah, look. Anyways. <laughs> my issue is with the name Judson. Yes. It's not Hudson. It's not Judd. It's Judson. <laughs> Judson. 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 They were like, we like both names. Why not? Why not add both? Why not add both? And two become one. But in it's names. Not, it's not okay. Judson. Fuck. Anywho. Ronan and Poppy end up having this conversation where she mentions how uncomfortable Avery makes her because she's clearly into Rune and, like, he immediately reassures her that there's nothing to worry about, it's only, like, her for him, and yet Poppy is still a little bit annoyed and that is definitely me. Like, how dare you be nice and incredibly attractive and, like, have this aura about you that people just naturally gravitate to you because you're such an amazing person and you still just only want to be with me and dedicate your life to me, but people are attracted to you. How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you? (laughs) Yeah. Look, it's a me problem. I'm willing to admit it. Um, But, yes, I do also become irrationally annoyed at that. Um, and I don't get annoyed at the other person. I get annoyed at Lockie. <laughs> like, that's how fucked up I am. That person has negative behaviour that I do not like. I blame you. <laughs> I blame you, sir. Stop oh. being nice. Oh, Jesus. But also still be nice to me. <laughs> anyway. You're so conflicted. Like Look, I'm realising that, like, the reason I'm a little bit unhinged in this episode is because I don't deal well with trauma. No, I think I I agree with that Mm. because you are Mm -hmm. a bit unhinged today. I'm a bit unhinged. I feel like... I mean, I love it. I'm a bit of a man. Like, I just deflect. I deflect. I can't show pain. can't show pain. Get it away from me. I wish I was like that. I'm just like, I will, like, throw something at me and it doesn't even hurt and I'll be like... (laughs) No, in childbirth, mute. Oh, Fucking mute. Terrifying. Uh, I yeah. didn't do it either. I was just like silent. I, I was a monk. I, I was being myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm so emotional. Like I'm crying over a book and then Aiden will stare at me and I'll be like, I need a hug. See, I'll cry over a book, but Lockie will walk in and be like, are you okay? I'm like, I just yawned. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? He's like, what is <laughs> allergies? Allergies. Oh, um, yeah. Look, this is making me realize things. And I do all of this while I'm emotionally eating chocolate and drinking wine. Look, I'm sitting here eating potato. Yeah. I need the carbs to keep me going. Continuing. Poppy gets over it very quickly, unlike myself. And they basically start making out in front of all their friends, which is making me uncomfortable. I Firstly, because they're 15. And secondly, because I fucking hate PDA. I hate PDA. Ew. I'm so uncomfortable. I just could not imagine being their friends in that situation. I would be like, <coughs> yeah. exit, please. Stage left. Fuck off. Oh, anyway, so... In, we find out that something is going on when Rune gets home. His mom is acting weird. His dad is acting weird. And 
And I'm like, maybe his dad is murdering Poppy. No. <laughs> no. Papa? I'm oh, still no. looking for the murderer at this stage. No, no, no. But he doesn't. He's not. Um, he's just acting a bit weird. Um, and then basically just bypass that that way. And then we get this little moment where Rune locks his door, jumps out his window, and then jumps into Poppy's. And we find out that he's been doing this for quite some time. They've been snuggling in her bed. Yep. And they're getting older as obviously these chapters are going through. So they're 15 and things are moving between them. They've been together for a uh, time um, and things are progressing as they do in relationships. But this is just as a speeded rate because they are so very um they almost engage almost. in coitus. Yes. Almost engage in coitus. They do. And also they say that Rune has been sleeping in Poppy's bed every night since they were 12 years old. What about wet dreams? Probably just does it on her. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, there was only one answer to that question, but oh Jesus! <laughs> anyway, anyways, we find out Rune's family is moving back to Oslo. And Rune is not a happy chappy. No siree. Nope. Mm-hmm. Shocking parenting decisions are made mm. here. Um, they basically decide to uproot their entire family's life and move with their 15, like 15 is a fucking shit age, mm-hmm. they move with their 15-year-old son onto the other side of the country. Is it the other side of the world? Well, the Might mid-year. as well be. Yep. Um, and do you remember what assholes we were at 15? Oh, I was a fucking prick. Oh, I was awful. Jesus. Brownie was in the church, so she was fine. Literal, literal Jesus. Literal Jesus. <laughs> but, but I was a rebellious youth leader, right? I was, I was edgy. <laughs> I wore JJ's T-shirts with a vest. Yeah, oh. had like a pink hair, like streak in your hair. Pink. I did I think, that. I think at that side, um, that stage, I had what I call the the pigeon shit hair, where it was brown, and then I had blonde streaks that looked like a pigeon had pooped on my head and it had gone <laughs> on the other side. I love it. Do you ever have the monkey haircut where it was like like all like thick and like teased up the top, and then it came to like these little tiny like yeah. <laughs> yes, because I was an emo girl. <laughs> And the full sides. <laughs> the side fringe. Yeah. yeah, look, us at 15. Maybe we'll post a series of photos on our Instagram of us at 15. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I was full breast face. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, was I said I didn't kiss a boy until I was 17. <laughs> Wasn't by choice. Was not by choice. Like, me at 15, I was just limbs, limbs and braces. Oh, my God. That was it. Anyway. <clears throat> So rather than having an upfront discussion with Rune and giving him the chance to process everything, they tell him the day before. Oh, that seems right. problematic. Mm. That's not the best way to handle things, sir. No, no, sorry. Look, I think that's that's probably like bad parenting. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that 
right now, maybe not the best way to raise a teenager. Look, not great parenting. It's not good. I haven't raised a teenager myself, but I'm assuming not the way to do it. No. Unfortunate decisions. Yes. And Rune's dad says to him, but this is real life and it's my job. You'll understand one day. And that's such a fucking cop-out. It is. Mm. Oh, God. Rune, very rightly so, is very, very shitty with his dad. And because Rune is very angry, well, sorry, scratch that, rewind, black it out. Um, As angry as Rune is, he's still being a good older brother to his little brother, Alton, who I think is like two at this stage. Mm. And he's there like in the car and even though he's angry and his brother can tell he's angry, Rune's like looking at Alton and giving him like a little smile and trying to cheer him up and it's just so so beautiful. But what a shame this won't last either. I know. Um, and then, like, so Rune goes to Poppy and he tells her and Poppy's crying and she's, like, thinking that maybe this was the world trying to tell them that they wouldn't last because they'd love too much, too young and burnt so bright that they had to fade. I love that. I love <laughs> And then Rune is like, absolutely not. I love you. You will always be half of my soul. Oh. <laughs> I can't. And then basically Poppy decides in that moment, she's like, you're leaving, so I'm going to give you the best gift of all, my pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Any other book, I would not be opposed to their commentary, but this is unsettling. This is illegal. She can't even drive. But, yeah, that's what she does. She gives it up to him and she keeps referring to them as Romeo and Juliet. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Don't make that. Don't. Don't. Don't say that. It's a fade to black. And I usually hate hate fade to black scenes. But this time I really didn't mind because these. I really didn't think that these two children should be having sex. (laughs) They're just too innocent. I was like, you know. Any other circumstance, I'd be like, no fade to black. But in this scene, I was like, thank fucking God that was a fade to black. Anyway, they're up to kiss 355 and she says, kiss 355 with my rune in my bedroom after we made love for the first time. That's a bit uncomfy. For our audio listeners, that silence is us just like cringing. Mm, Yeah. But then we jump into the next chapter and it's fine. You know, Rune, Rune is taken to Norway. Everything's sad. Poppy is sad. They talk. Um, and in this chapter, we basically find out that they talked every day for three months. They wrote, they called. It was all great. And then one day, Poppy just disappears. And Rune doesn't know where she is. And she's not answering the phone. And she's not replying to letters. And immediately, I'm like, it's because she's she dead. has been murdered. <laughs> she's <laughs> dead. I'm like, she's in a basement or it's like the lovely bones where she's died in a basement. It's all the options. But no, and that wasn't going to happen. It's fine. And then we flash forward to the future. It's two years later. Yeah, and like Rune is coming back. Which is like a problem. It does because we find out that apparently Poppy has also only just arrived back to Blossom Grove. So she's been only been back for a few weeks. Where the hell has she been? We have no context. For two years. Yeah. 
Where has she been? No one fucking knows. Well, they know. We don't know. Um, But in this moment, because obviously I'm a little bit like, well, Poppy just cut Rune off. What the fuck, Poppy? Um, She's getting all jealous and she's thinking about, like, Rune kissing someone else and asking, like, in her brain, she's like, oh, has he made love with someone else? And I'm like, you have no fucking right, Poppy. You ghosted him. You Mm -hmm. ghosted him. He's allowed to do what he wants to do. Um, And then... Rune's back. And in this moment, he's definitely at 17, giving me the bad boy, Brad Pitt, shoulder length, Troy style. I can't. Look, I do imagine him. I'm I I would prefer the imagery of young Brad Pitt and Troy because my brain was like, well, obviously he's Norwegian, so he he looks more like a guy called Sven and he's pale and it's like just straight like emo boy hair. Mm-hmm. Like and it it's also like white blonde, and it's greasy. I don't know why, but it's greasy. So that's a lot better. Yeah, it <laughs> let's is. go with that. Yeah, because look. it also like pushes his hair back off of his face, and a lot. everyone's really into it. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, oh, it's so greasy. Yeah, no, I was so into it. I was thinking young Brad Pitt like pushing it back. Oh my god, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Well, picture every 15, 17-year-old boy there. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Anyways. So then we get this fucking quote where Poppy is in the study and she hears Rune and his family arrive home. And she's like, she's not going into the bedroom, but she's trying to look out the window, but he doesn't notice. But the quote is, my gaze fell on Rune again because she's already seen him. She comes back. I promise. I've got a good train of thought. (laughs) He threw the cigarette from the window and rolled his head to lean against the glass. His eyes were focused on one thing and one thing only, my bedroom window. My heart broke because you just know, like, so far, you're like, oh, my God, this boy is smoking. He's, like, 17. That seems traumatic. And he's angry. You feel the anger coming off of him. Mm-hmm. And all he cares about from what we've had so far is where the fuck is she? That's exactly right. Like, he is just all about her and he's always been about her. And that's what makes my heart so fucking sad in this because... As uncomfy as I feel about their age, it's also, like, from day dot, they are committed to each other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And, again, they just keep mentioning that something has been... Something happened with Poppy. And, like, I'm like, what fucking happened to Poppy? Like, what happened? Also, at this stage, I'm like, well, obviously she wasn't murdered. Obviously. But maybe she was kidnapped. Maybe, you know, that it's plausible. I was like, maybe she was kidnapped by a cult that really liked ribbons. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyways. So we get this real cliche type moment, but I was all here for it. They're in the hallway. She's late because she's at a doctor's appointment. She's getting stuff out of her locker. And then she hears the doors close at the other end of the hall. She shuts her locker. She turns it off, turns around and room. Stand at the other end of the hallway with his beautiful, he's Brad Pitt picture at Brad Pitt standing at the end of the hallway. Yeah. And Poppy is like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. We get this description. Ready? 
older and more mature. He was quite possibly the most beautiful creature I had ever seen. His jaw was strong, perfectly defining his Scandinavian face. His cheekbones were prominent, but not in any way feminine. And a light dusting of blonde stubble grazed, grazed his chin and cheeks. The constants I discovered with those dark blonde eyebrows furrowed over his almond-shaped bright blue eyes. And that was just, I was like, it's Brad Pitt. It's Brad Pitt. And he's not fucking happy when he sees her. And fair enough, too. They're just standing there staring at each other, having a stare off. And then they get interrupted. Uh, They have to show their hall passes or something. Poppy ends up walking away. But then as she's about to walk into class, she turns back around and looks through the panes of glass. And she can see Rune still staring at her where she left him. And I was just like, oh, I felt it in that moment. Oh, no. Mm. So Rune walks home and he's only like a few feet back from Poppy as she's walking home, kind of like stalkery but I mean, to be fair, they do live next to each other. I mean, true, true. He could have lingered though. He could have lingered back a bit. Like there's choices there. I think he wanted to make her feel a little bit like I think he wanted. He's like, are you really not talking to me? After ghosting me for two years. Mm, yeah, I feel a bit uncomfortable with this, but I'm start. Then we like begin to realize that whatever Poppy went through while Rune was away must have been pretty fucking bad because she keeps talking about how she doesn't want to be a burden on his life mm. and she still loves him, but she can't put him through that pain. And it's oh, like, no. oh, oh no, I don't know where are we oh, going? No. So then we jump forward and Poppy's, um, you know, she's back, so she's going to perform again, and that's very cute. And we have this whole moment where she's doing her first cello solo and when she finishes, she, like, is happy. She's like, yep, and then she thinks she sees room at the back of the room. And I was like, you did, you did. But she goes outside and she speaks with Rune's family and her family and there's this basically this moment where we find out that, Rune doesn't speak with his little brother anymore because Alton is basically asking if she's friends with Rune. She's like, yeah, I was. I was. And he's like, well, maybe maybe you can speak to him so that he'll talk to me again. And I am bawling. I am not okay. Rune, how dare you, sir? I was okay with your aggression because I was like, you know what? I get it. No, not, not against the little baby brother no not against him no but poppy ends up getting convinced to go to a party at deacon's house but apparently rune won't be there and i'm like Uh they're fucking right (laughs) fucking right and basically poppy walks in she sees avery sitting on the couch and rune has his arm draped around her shoulders and i was like oh no i was terrified oh she's chill she's having a good time and then she walks into the room and she's laughing and then at the moment where it's like the slow motion she stops laughing she sees it she runs away and rune follows her and he basically barricades her in the laundry and he does the whole arms on either side of her <sighs> looking at her and she's like crying it's all tense and then he caresses her cheek and says poppy men <gasps> and i'm like oh my god <laughs> literally where's the roach cut my heart into pieces <laughs> this is 
my last resort. Suffocation. <laughs> she doesn't oh. leave again. Oh, God. God. Joy. Ellie. What is... We need a safe word. Anyway, they end up having a conversation in this moment because he's like, you owe me this. Like, what the fuck? And she's like, I regret cutting you off. It killed me. Um, And that she has no right to be jealous because everything is her fault. Um, And that she's really hurt because he kissed Avery. And I'm like, you have no right. None, none, none. But in the end, she ends up turning around and running out of the party. And, of course, Rune chases her and they end up back at the Blossom Grove. They do. And Rune is on the verge of a fucking breakdown. She, like, Poppy goes through this realisation of, like, this is my fault. I've made him this angry emo man who doesn't use dry shampoo appropriately (laughs) he's being really really blunt with her which you know understandable she's put him through a lot but he's starting to be like a bit mean and he's going through about everything that he went through after she just cut off contact with him and he was all alone he he, she ruined his life yada 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 and she's basically like you need to stop you need to just let me go let me leave let me leave doesn't really make a lot of sense because it's like she's backing away and he's trying to give the confrontation. We're just falling into this weird, like, conversation about trauma and then we get the icebreaker where she goes, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. And I'm back at 15 watching A Walk to Remember in my bedroom crying when Mandy Moore's going, I'm sick. And there's snot, and I'm not okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, it's not crying. It's, it's not crying. So we find out Poppy has Hodgkin lymphoma. It's advanced. In fact, it's terminal. She's only got months left to live. Oh. Hence the short hair. Look, Rune does not take this news well, and neither did I. Oh. I was like, oh, God, she was not kidnapped. It's cancer. <laughs> <laughs> which is worse which is worse um oh. and he's breaking down and the quotes are my body shook as another raw bellow ripped from my throat the feeling of this pain no less than if i were being hung drawn and quartered oh my, we follow it up it keeps going because we don't stop there my hands lifted to my hair and gripped at the strands because they're greasy <laughs> <laughs> I choked on the sounds leaving my mouth. I drowned in the damn tears tracking down my cheeks because I didn't know what the hell to do. And, like, my heart is breaking with him. Like, it's ripping my soul out. And then clenching my fists, I threw my head back and I screamed. I screamed and I screamed until my voice was rough and my throat was raw. Dropping to my knees, I let myself drown in this grief. And that's when he's crying in his mother's arms. Yeah. Like, and that just fucked me up. And he basically, like, when he's in his mum's arms, he sees his father, like, over her shoulder and he's fucking furious at his dad. Yeah, because he still, 
he basically hated his parents and he was like to my parents, I'm never going to forgive you for taking me away. Then he lost Poppy while he was away. So he's this twisted, angry man. Yeah. Boy, because he's 17. And basically his dad's watching him cry and, like, be this distraught and he's got just a tear rolling down his cheek and Rune sees it and Rune is just like, fuck, like, don't be fucking, this is your fucking fault. Like, he's just basically blaming his father for everything, which is what you do at that age as well. If they do something that fucks you off, you blame them for everything that goes wrong in your entire life. So I can imagine him being like, this is your fault. I also actually completely, uh, I'm like, yeah, Rune, you tell him because their parents, this is like, this is the worst case scenario as a parent. You're like, I'm going to uproot my child. What could go wrong? And this is the worst case scenario. This, yeah. The love of their life has terminal cancer. Yep. And you've just taken away two whole years of their, their life. And their she has months. And they're like, oh, that's what can happen. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Oh, basically he locks his door after his mum leaves, runs over to Poppy's. She's in bed. And she sees him because he's watching her and he's like, he just starts crying. And then she looks at him when he opens his eyes, she just holds out her arms. And I was like, no. (laughs) And she's like, she just, he just cries in her arms in bed. And she's like, there you are. She said so quietly. I almost missed it. My rune. Oh. We have this beautiful moment as well where they're lying in bed cuddling each other and Rune is asking Poppy some questions and he thinks that Poppy might have left and stopped talking to him because he had sex with her and he'd forced her and he's worried about that. He's like, did I pressure you? And she's like, no, that was like, this has been like the joy that kept me going, like remembering that beautiful moment with you and I'm dead and like my heart just burst because he wanted to... <laughs> he loved her and he just wanted to love her and she was just trying to protect him and they both just loved each other so much and he was so concerned that she wasn't happy with the attraction that that was no oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're both so young and they're just so in love and they're gonna lose so much and it's so painful so funny to remember he has gracie hair <laughs> he doesn't he's brad pitt it's better if you re- think about him as Brad Pitt. I but then I'm thinking about Brad Pitt fucking a child wearing bows. No, young Brad Pitt. <laughs> Again. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is, this is my equivalent of, I believe, favourite complaint. You all give me shit. This is George's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is. This is it- the hill I will die on. <laughs> But basically this is when she brings out the mason jar again and he finds out that, like, she kept the mason jar but hasn't kissed anyone else. Because she's been fighting cancer. She's been yeah, because she's had chemo. Who's she going to fucking kiss? Well, that's She's true. like, hey, nurse. <laughs> and she's obviously freaking out. This whole thing started because she thought that he kissed Avery, but he is like, no, I haven't slept with anyone. I haven't kissed anyone. This My mouth is still only yours. And then, like, there's this moment where they're silent after and, you know, she, he thinks that she's asleep and all he says is, you completely broke my heart. And, oh, my God, I was like, no. 
terrifying. It's terrifying because they're so young and they're having this conversation that is so mature for their age, really. Like you're 17 and you're having to think about all these things. And she has this quote where it's, I know what lies ahead for me, Rune. I'm not naive, but I also have a strong faith that there's more to life than what we have right now here on this earth. I believe that heaven awaits me. I believe that when I take my last breath and close my eyes in this life, I'll awake in the next healthy and at peace. I believe this with my whole heart. Oh, and I was like, you are too young, too young, Mm -hmm. too young. Just absolutely ripped me apart. But at the end of this chapter, they end up deciding that they're going to try to give it another go between the two of them. And he wants to take her on a date, on a proper first date. Because, you know, they were children before. So they exactly. hadn't really got into dating yet. Yes. yes. So they're going on this date. Poppy's dad's not too impressed. And, like, I get where he's coming from. It, she's only got months to live. She doesn't need to be wasting it being heartbroken over a boy who clearly needs to wash his hair and get some better sense and clothes. No! No! So they're in their car. And they're driving to the restaurant and Poppy's daydreaming about a future that they're never going to have because she's going to die. And she puts the radio on. And also this is very much reminiscent of A Walk to Remember. Like this exact scene is in A Walk to Remember. Yeah. So Rune takes her to a restaurant nearby and there's like a lake. It's very cute. Um, They sit down and we get this really gorgeous interaction and Rune is looking at Poppy and she looks at him as if to be like, what are you fucking looking at? And he's like, you have no idea. And she's like, about what? And he's like, how beautiful you are. (gasps) Get fucked. Get absolutely fucked, Rune. Get fucked. (laughs) And they're sitting at dinner. Go. Oh, no, I was going to make a bad joke, but don't let me. No, <laughs> Please do. Join me. Join like, me. Get, get fucked, Rune. Wait, I'm unsettled by that. Backtrack that. Maybe don't get fucked. Maybe just, you know, have a nice hand-holding session yeah. and wait until you're a little bit older. Until you get fucked. Yeah. But he can't wait because she'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We just keep forgetting that. We just keep forgetting that Ellie's unhinged. <laughs> Again, I don't deal with trauma. I deflect. Oh, anyway. Okay. Anyway. They reminisce while they're eating dinner on times where they would come to this restaurant with Mormor and Rune is just not taking everything very well at all. We get this really beautiful quote from Poppy that is, on our final adventure with one amendment that this life's final adventure because I know with unwavering faith that we will be together again even when this adventure is over a greater one awaits us on the other side and Rune there would be no heaven if you weren't back in my arms someday how is she 17 she's just coming out with these fucking um and knocking me right off my feet (laughs) Um, can you just Sorry. repeat that for the audience? The what was it? The one bum bum dama deuce. One bum bum. I believe it was. <laughs> Knocked me off my feet. Sorry. So, Rune has one more surprise left for Poppy tonight. It's not his dick. Um, they sneak into the Dixon Theater inside some oh, kind the of Dixon Theater. The Dixon Theater. <laughs> 
and the orchestra is practicing and Maroon spoke with the conductor and after he heard how much he loved them, the conductor said that they could drop in on the rehearsal so they just watched the rehearsal and I'm crying to this entire scene. I'm not okay. So beautiful, so thoughtful. And, like, the main, like, cello person has, like, a solo and it's the song, it's her favourite song. And it's, like, what she could have been one day. And You guys are not okay. I, like, skim read these bits. I was, like, give me the death. Like, just can we get to the point? You're, like, kill the child. Look, (laughs) I made it to feel the pain at that point. I did. I did. Again? I'm trying to minimise it. It's like ripping off the Band-Aid. I don't need to hear the sweet love story because I know she's dead. I know she's dead. Don't make it worse. Kill the child. Kill the child. (laughs) Well, they do. I don't know if I'm crying because I'm emotional or if I'm crying because I'm laughing too hard. Anyway, we take it back to Poppy's house and he's basically like, I don't want to wait any longer. I don't want to waste any more time with you. You're mine. I'm yours. She's like, yes, I am. They kiss. And, of course, we get this kiss 357 against the wall of my house when Rune took possession of my heart and my heart almost burst. And it's like, can she just physically, is she healthy enough for the heart bursting? (laughs) Because I'm concerned about her well-being. Please, no more heart bursting. We're concerned for your health. (laughs) Uh, Rune gets home and we find out that Poppy's father has come and spoken to Rune's parents after they went on their date and basically said that he wants Poppy's final days to be trouble-free, peaceful and enjoyable with no stress. Him obviously implying that Rune is a very big stress. Look, he's not incorrect. No. As a parent, I'd be making the same decision. Yeah, see, I'm like... But also... I'm like... Let her make her own decision. She's dying. Let her do whatever the fuck she wants to do. <laughs> See, I would be like, if I was dying at 17, I'd be like, well, you can take your opinion and shove it up your asshole. I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. Yeah, fair. Because I just feel like I'm dying. So why would I not live every day the way that I want to live it, sir? Fuck you. Yep. And then... Rune does this whole fuck you to the whole world situation and we get this, I let myself hold Poppy's gaze for a few seconds longer than normal. The kiss may have been the middle finger to anyone who didn't want us together, but her smile was a middle finger to the darkness in my soul. (gasps) Oh, honey, that's rough. Then we get to school and, of course, they're holding hands and this is fine. I'm fine with the holding hands situation. Like, but so they're holding hands and everyone finds out that they're together again. And it's, it's cute. How nice. And then Poppy decides to take Rune out on a date. And that's very nice. And we have this super cute interaction with Rune's little brother where Rune finally speaks to him and the brother is so happy. And Alton just deserves so much better. It's so cute. I just, oh, the interactions between them. Oh, oh. but. So they're on their way to Poppy's little adventure and Poppy's explaining to Rune how deeply she feels about him. And this is what I love because I love when people get passionate about stuff that they love. I I get passionate with them. I'm like, fuck yes, awesome, amazing, even when I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So 
She explains it as, it's like music. When I look at you, when you touch me, when I see your face, when we kiss, my heart plays this song. It thinks that it needs you like it needs air. It sings to have found its perfect missing part. And then Poppy also explains basically how she got her diagnosis. Rune explains to Poppy basically that in that moment he blamed his father for everything and that's why they have such a terrible, terrible relationship now. And we get this beautiful quote from Poppy. I've come to understand that death for the sick is not so hard to endure. For us, eventually our pain ends. We go to a better place. But for those left behind, their pain only magnifies. I really believe that tales of loss don't always have to be sad or sorrowful. I want mine to be remembered as a great adventure that I tried to live as best as I possibly could because how dare we waste a single breath? How dare we waste something so precious? Instead, we should strive for all those precious breaths to be taken in as many precious moments as we can squeeze into the short time on earth. That's the message I want to leave behind and what a beautiful legacy to leave for those I love. Just how is she 17? So we get Rune's internal monologue as Poppy's falling asleep on his chest on the beach. So basically Poppy takes him to the to the beach and it's beautiful. They're having a little picnic. And he basically realizes why he got to love her so hard from being so young. And it was because this was all the time they were going to be able to have. And that just fucking kills me. As she's sleeping, Rune reaches over because Poppy brought this bag um, and he knows that he got she got him a present. So she, he opens it up and it's actually the camera that he used to use all the time. He ended up throwing it and destroying it and his dad actually found it and fixed it. And then it's just beautiful. Oh I, just, I just love it. And so he's looking at the camera and Poppy's like, Poppy wakes up and she's like, you know what? I feel like going for a swim, even though I'm dying and it's cold. I'm going to go for a swim, which I was like, what are you doing? That's hypothermia. Um, Don't. But she's fine. She's she's not fully swimming. She's just running around in the waves. Teehee. And there's this perfect moment. And Rune's looking at her and his internal monologue. He's like, wow, she's so beautiful. The, she's smiling, she's looking up in the sun, she's like this light beaming on her face and she turns to look at him and he captures this beautiful photo where she's like looking up, it's beautiful and my heart burst in that moment, mine, right out my chest. And then we have this moment that is just here to re- heal all of my religious trauma that we unveiled during our priest episode. Yep. And they're talking about the poem called Footprints in the Sand, which for all of you religious people out there, we know this. This is not my first rodeo with this poem. Um, it is mine. <laughs> yeah. we get, the poem is essentially the idea, and like Poppy's explaining it to Rune, but the idea is that two people walking in the sand like, you know, it's a person and then there's God. And then they're like, oh, look, they look back at their life and they go, oh, the hardest moments in my life, there's only one set of footprints. You weren't there. And God's like, well, bitch, I was carrying you. Surprise. Um, moral of the story. And they have this, <laughs> yeah, it's very beautiful. And, um, yeah, I just can't, I can't. We get more into that later, so I'll, I'll cry then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is beautiful. Mm-hmm. When Poppy's describing the situation with Rune, Rune is thinking about Poppy and he's thinking about what 
impact she's leaving on him. And we get this quote, which is a single set of footprints on my soul, which is just like, oh, darling. And then I'm at this point, there is no reading at this point. I'm just fucking sobbing. Tears. It's kiss 334 with my rune at the beach when his love came home. That quote is just fucking beautiful. Oh, I love that. But we find out also that not only did Rune's dad save the camera, he also created a dark room in their, like, basement for Rune when he decided to pick up photography again. And I was like, thank you, but it's obviously guilt. But also... (laughs) Obviously, Rune is an edgy, edgy boy and he uses film photography. It's not just Yeah, he's an edgy, edgy boy. <laughs> I need a dark room for my dark soul. It's fantastic. Yeah, oh, daddy does. Oh, God. <laughs> he's 17. <laughs> Brad Pitt. Basically, when he comes home, he thanks his dad when he's in the dark. So he's in the dark room. He's putting up all his photos that he took. And there's the photo of Poppy. And he's, like, caressing her cheek in the photo. Like, he's, like, looking at the photo and, like, touching it. In- <laughs> Sorry. Oh. And Rune's dad is behind him. And <laughs> Rune's dad is behind him. And he's, as he can sense his dad is there. And... Guys, we're not going to get through this. He ends up thanking his father for doing this, and yeah, it's just it's a little it's a little bonding moment. It is. So then, Rune's walking out of the dark room, and he's he was going to go see Poppy, and then he walks past his brother's bedroom, and his brother is watching a show, and he goes, "You know what? I'm going to go talk to my little brother." And they have that moment where he lies down on the bed next to him and his brother, like, shuffles closer. Oh, not okay. The part that strikes me here the most is the tiny, tiny interaction between her mum and her when they return home from the beach. So Poppy's fallen asleep in the car and Rune carries her back into the house um, as she's asleep and her mum comes over and kisses her on the head and says, sleep tight, baby. And it kills me because, like, just picturing her knowing that she's not going to be able to say goodnight to her daughter anymore. Oh, even though she's 17, she's still her baby. Yeah, dear. That's the bits that kill me. Honestly. And then we fast forward to the next chapter. And in this chapter, we meet Aunt Dee Dee again, who was there when More More died. Basically, we find out that Rune and her have organized a holiday for Poppy to go to New York. And we also find out that they're at Kiss 888. So they just fucking doors right through all those kisses. It's a lot. It's a They've lot. been kissing. They've been busy. They have. And then we also get this quote here. He kissed me hard and fast right in front of my family. And that makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, relatable. I would never kiss. No. <laughs> that's It's just unsettling. They're knocking off kisses like there's no tomorrow. And really, that's a really bad analogy because there might actually not be tomorrow for Poppy. Georgia. What the I know. Fuck? I know. I'm sorry. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course you do, Ellie. Look at that Poppy oh. decides that she's going to continue on her room improvement journey um, on her way out, and she's taking room for that <laughs> exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> on her way out. 
catch her. On her way out. She's just got to stop off to the server on her way out. So they're going through all these pictures at this art exhibition and Rune is slowly but surely like opening up and talking about the artwork and it's great. We're very happy. And then we get to the last photo, which is a black and white picture of a young woman. It was old. Her hair and makeup seemed to be from the 60s. She appeared to be around 25 in the picture and she was smiling and it made Poppy smile too. And the title simply read Esther. She was the late husband. No, she wasn't. <laughs> Mr. Whole Life. Just a fever dream. Um, she was the late wife of the patron of the exhibition. Yep. And she died at 26 from cancer. It was the photo was placed in the exhibition by her late husband, who never remarried. Um, and it reads that even though this picture didn't change the world, Esther changed his world. I'm not okay. At this stage, I'm just a hot mess. I was literally just sobbing from this point out just constantly. There was no break. And you guys were getting the Snapchats of it just, like, constant. Like, I was sitting on the couch just, I'm not okay. <laughs> it was terrible. But when they're out, they go out for dinner and basically – in these moments, we fi- we're we figuring out that Poppy is just getting sicker and sicker. Like, she's tired. She can't get up. Like, it's a whole, there's a whole lot of different things that are happening that we're realising that she is not doing very well. No, she's not. <clears throat> and, again, while you guys are, like, investing in the emotional journey, I'm just like, mm, must read, must read on. Do not feel. Keep reading. <gasps> Conceal, don't feel. Frozen. <laughs> anyway, we get another one of my favourite quotes. Everything I did was slow, measured, meaningful. I made sure to savour any new experience, to take a deep breath and drink in every new sight, smell and sound, to simply stop, breathe, embrace. And it's like, shouldn't we all live like that without needing a terminal diagnosis to force us to do it? Like... Again, for 17, she has a lot of wisdom. I realise that is not the wisdom of a 17-year-old, and it's, in fact, Tilly Cole, but still, a lot of wisdom. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Look, I appreciate, Ellie, you taking a break from your fucking unhinged commentary throughout this yeah. episode to give us some beautiful gems. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I'll come back to it. Don't worry. <laughs> so then from here, Rune takes Poppy to Carnegie Hall. And Rune explains to her that he believes that if things had been different, she would have been a professional cello player here. But because that can't happen, he has organised for her to be able to play the cello on stage for him tonight. Oh, no, I can't. Why can't it happen? Because she's dying. She's dead. She's not dead yet, Ellie. (laughs) She may as well be. Oh my god, you're out of the Well, be. She wouldn't get this beautiful moment if she was dead, all right? Brimey, continue. I'm there with you. Thank you. <laughs> so the quote is And finally, as the delicate bars of the piece flowed softly into the room, they signaled my eternal gratitude to the boy sitting silently in the dark. The boy is gifted at photography as I was at music. He was my heart. The heart freely given to me as a child. That sounds weird. The heart. <laughs> yes. 
the heart that made up one half of my own. The boy who, though breaking inside, loved me so deeply that he gave me this farewell, gave me in the present the dream that made my future never could because she's dying. Um, and I'm crying and it's fine. And then, at this point, I mean, I'm literally just sitting there sobbing at the kitchen table and my mum's looking at me like, are you okay? <laughs> she answered, Hazel, no, I'm not okay. No, um, Hazel, we're not. She gets to play like her favourite song in the cello and as she finishes, she like stands up and we have this moment where she goes, yep, that's the final time I'm playing cello. I'm done now. And the quote is, he understood it was the final time I would play and I can see with crystal clarity the mixture of sorrow and pride set in his eyes. When he reached me, he didn't touch the tear stains on my cheeks as I left his untouched. Closing his eyes, Rune took my mouth with a kiss and in this kiss I felt his outpouring of love. I felt a love at 17 I was blessed to have received, a love that knew no boundaries, the kind of love that inspires music that lasts the ages, a love that should be felt and meant and treasured. Oh, no. That's not that okay. is sweet. <laughs> Ellie! <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. Like, yeah, I suppose that's sweet. That is sweet. <laughs> it literally just, that, soul, that whole moment just absolutely destroyed me. And we get basically after this moment, after I have this beautiful heart-wrenching fucking soul-destroying moment, they go home and they make, well, go back to their apartment and make love. And, again, I don't usually like the word make love. Brian needs to stop it. But I think in this moment it is very fitting for what they are doing because I feel like my soul was just destroyed. So, yeah. Yeah, look. Oh, my fucking God. And then we get... This absolute, this is the part that I think I was just sobbing uncontrollably at because I don't know what it is. I think it might be because of the fact that I can never imagine Aiden breaking down like this, but this fucked me up. So they fall asleep after they've made love and then Poppy wakes up a little bit later and Rune's not in the bed. And so she thinks that maybe he's gone to have a smoke or whatever because, as we said, he's a smoker. So she gets up and we get this. I entered the living room, heading in the direction of the door outside, but I immediately stopped in my tracks because through the wide window, I could see Rune on the ground, sitting on his knees, falling apart. I felt as if my heart physically ripped in two as I watched him out in the cold night air, clothed in only his jeans, tears streaming from his eyes, and his back shook with body-shuddering pain. And he broke. Rune completely broke apart. Floods of tears flow down his cheeks. Coarse breaths ghosted to white puffs of smoke as they hit the freezing air. And I was just sobbing. I was so upset because this is like the moment where he's just like, I'm taking this moment for myself to be upset because he has this book so far. They're both trying to be strong for each other. Yeah. Poppy's kind of accepted her fate, but she is trying to manage everyone else around her who is grieving who's going through it as well which is huge for a 17 year old Mm. to be balancing that when you're dying Mm. and Rune's trying to take it on like he's understanding and he's trying to be good about it but he's taking this one moment Mm. to break and Poppy's there and they hold each other and they cry and I'm crying and it's fine and Poppy says I'm not scared of dying Rune 
but I'm terrified of going anywhere new without you. Fuck. Yeah, but she's like, I'm scared of death because you're not going to be with me. And it's like, well, wouldn't you rather him be alive? <laughs> you have a point. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, dear. Basically, after that happens they talk about their fears they talk about heaven they talk about what they want find poppy's final days to be like and what we find out is that poppy wants to experience prom and she wants to see the blossoms at the blossom grove one last time before she dies <laughs> so then they're back at school again because i don't know like any 17 year old would be like mm, i have months left to live i must go back to school i must learn how to do long division yes Seems important. I will need that in heaven. Yes, it, you you will. You will. But this is a moment that, <laughs> as a drama queen, I would quite enjoy just fainting at school and, like, people, like, rushing towards you. Oh, oh my God. My dream. Anyway, she does faint and Marina literally runs home with her in his arms. And, like, he did call an ambulance at one point, but, I he mean. Called he called the ambulance and then he ran. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why? He called. He called the ambulance to her parents' house because he wanted, like, he knew that his her parents had to be there. So, like, he ran home, was like, muscles must run, and ran with her. Also, his friend has a car. Yeah, but that wouldn't be dramatic enough. So, no, got to enough carry her through the blossom. <laughs> yeah, got to got to carry her. Oh my god. But this is my one of my favourite moments. So her mum, like, he kicks through the door and he's got her in his arms. I love when they kick indoors. I do. <laughs> She's in and out of consciousness and her mum is, like, instantly there. And the ambulance arrives and her mum realises that Poppy's not going to let go of room. She just wants him. So she's like, okay, I'll take your sisters and I'll follow the I'll follow the ambulance. And then Rune's mum comes out and she's like, no, you need to be with her right now. Let me take your kids. We'll meet you at the hospital. So Poppy, Rune and her mum hop in the back of the ambulance and he's like gripping her hand and will not let it go. And then he gives his other hand to her mum and like she's just lost it at that point. I've lost it. It's just, ugh. Her poor mum. Oh, my God. I can't imagine that pain. Oh. So, basically, when they get to the hospital, they have they figure out that they need to pull her into a medically induced coma to help her fight the infections that are going on in her body. And, basically, Poppy's parents say a few words to her just in case it's the last time. And Rune is being really gentle and really sweet. And he's trying to explain to Poppy what is going on and so he says hey poppy min they need to put you under for a while to help you fight off this infection you'll get to dream baby go and visit your more more for a while while you gather your strength and come back to me we have things that you want to do before you go home remember sleep baby i'll stay right here waiting for you to come back to me and i was just uncontrollably sobbing i was uncontrollably sobbing Rune in this moment when they do put her into, he just runs, runs into the garden at the end of the hallway and just breaks the fuck down. And his dad comes out and he just sits next to him. He doesn't comfort him. He just sits next to him and is just in his presence because he doesn't want to be alone. And oh, oh fuck me up. And so we leave that traumatic scene and we go into the next one where Poppy's dad comes out and he's talking to Rune. And 
straight away Rune is like, what the fuck you want? But it's it's not bad. It's actually quite beautiful. Um, and Rune, Poppy's, well, first off, Poppy's dad asks Rune why he's so committed to Poppy. And Rune says, I made a promise to her that I would never leave her side. And even if that weren't the case, I wouldn't be able to leave. My heart, soul, everything is connected to Poppy. I can't leave her now, not when she needs me the most, and I won't leave until she forces my hand. And that basically leads Poppy's dad to go, well, you know what, it's probably all right that you stay. I'm probably less opposed to it now. Mm. And we have this quote where he says, Poppy's Mormor said that you were both thrust together for a greater meaning, one we would never know until it presented itself. She said that great loves are always destined to be together for some great reason. And now I know you are meant to be together so you could be her guiding light through all of this. You were created perfectly for her to make this time for my girl special, to make sure her remaining days were filled with things her mum and I could never have given her. You did. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I feel the need for a little bit of comic relief after that. That was fucking beautiful. So we're all very emotional, except for Ellie. He's fine because she's not feeling anything. (laughs) Thumbs up. Brune then sees Alton. And again, I'm sobbing because Alton says, I don't want Poppy Min to go anywhere. She made you speak to me. She made you be best friends with me. I don't want you to be angry again. And it's like, oh, my God, your little brother is just... It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm not okay. Oh, I can't. Basically, Rune then goes back into the room and he sees that Poppy's in the coma and he starts reminiscing. So he tells her about the first time he kissed her and he tells her about every single kiss that he can remember since they were eight. He recites all 902 kisses that they've had so far and all the 98 that they still have to collect. Then we fast forward to the next chapter and in the next chapter her infection has basically passed and now she's able to actually have visitors and so her friends come to visit and they're terrified for Poppy obviously but they're also very worried about Rune because he's not at all worried about his future and he's just focusing on Poppy and the now and they're all applying for colleges and they're like what are you going to do? You need to sort something out and he's like nope, no, I am... I'm just here for Poppy now. I'm going to think about that later. After this, they start actually bringing Poppy out of her coma. So it takes around 24 hours and then she begins to semi-wake up and Rune basically says to the nurse, I want to move her bed in front of that giant window so that when the sun rises, she can see it. And I love Also, Poppy is an early riser and likes going to watch every goddamn sunrise like a masochist, but that's fine. Yes, she does. Rune's father ends up coming back to visit to see how Poppy is, to see how Rune is, and he ends up giving Rune this photo album, which he has been, while Poppy's been in a coma, he's been taking all of the photos that she's been missing out on, everything that she's missed since she's been asleep. Um, And his dad has got them all developed and put them in this photo album for him so that he can show Poppy when she wakes up. And we have this moment where she starts to wake up as the sunrise is coming through and they have this beautiful kiss and she says, kiss number 903, when I came back to Rune, just like I promised I would. 
Oh my god, I can't. Oh my god. I'm not okay. Oh, fuck. And then basically Rune shows her the photo album that his dad put together and she basically says to him, when I'm gone, you need to capture every single moment so that I can see it when I'm not here. And it's beautiful. It's lovely. I love it so much. And then Poppy gets discharged about a week later, but unfortunately she is so sick that she can no longer walk. She has no strength in her legs and she needs a wheelchair. Very excitingly for Poppy, she makes it to the first cherry blossom bloom and that's a very beautiful moment. And prepare for my heart to shudder because Rune picks her up to carry her out of the house to her wheelchair and says, are you with me? And she replies saying, I'm with you. I die. End scene. (laughs) End scene. This part fucking kills me because we constantly get these references to the fact cherry blossoms are a beautiful symbol of beauty and heaven, so much so that they have to die because of it. And Rune makes a similarity between Poppy and the cherry blossom that says, she was my cherry blossom, an unrivaled beauty limited in its life, a beauty so extreme in its grace that it can't last. It stays to enrich our lives then drift away in the wind, never forgotten, but it reminds us that we must live, that life is fragile, yet in that fragility there is a strength. There is love, there is purpose. It reminds us that life is short, that our breaths are numbered, that our destiny is fixed, regardless of how hard we fight. It reminds us not to waste a single second, live hard, love harder, chase dreams, seek adventures and capture moments. It's at this moment, so they're lying on like a picnic blanket next to their favourite tree, watching the cherry blossom blooms, like, you know, exist. That's done. Rune begins to realise that Poppy is deteriorating. And we have this moment where he realises that she is literally holding on until he is ready to let her go. Oh, God. God. Literally not okay. So, of course, Rune, being who he is, somehow manages to bring prom to her. All of her friends are there. He's wearing a tux and he's got his little greasy hair pushed back. No! He likes it. Um, and it's also, again, very much a walk to remember vibes because we're ticking off all the things that she wants to see before she dies. And and we've just ticked off the last one. And, it, and it's a bit sad. We get this quote where when Poppy's at the prom and she goes, when you know that something is finite, it makes it that much more meaningful. We have this heartbreaking moment. She's, Poppy is like, Rune, let's go somewhere. Let's leave here. I need to die. As she's leaving, (laughs) Uh, I need to go die. As she's leaving the prom to go to the beach, she has this silent goodbye to for her friend Jory. And it's the quote is, as Rune moved to leave, I glanced to the centre of the floor. Jory was standing still, watching me, tears in her eyes. Capturing her gaze, I placed my hand over my heart and mouth. Thank you. I love you. I'll miss you. Look, look. Not okay. I'm crying, so. And then we get kiss number 995. We're near the end, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just cut off. We're near the end, guys. 
Bye. <laughs> For YouTube purposes, Ellie has gone missing. <laughs> we don't know where she's gone visually, but audio-wise, she's here. Emily, <laughs> she's she's here. present. <laughs> so we're just going to keep going with our trauma because why not be depressed? Hmm. So the next quote we get is um, when she asks Rune to take her to the beach so she can watch the sunrise for the last time again. Fantastic. And the quote is, though my life had been short, I had loved long, and in the end, this was enough. Oh, honey. Fuck. I hate this moment because they both realise that it's Poppy's ready to die. She's ready. Yeah. And And I'm not ready. The quote we get is, I closed my eyes and replayed our lives in my mind. I remembered the times I hugged him and he hugged me harder. I remember how I kissed him and he kissed me deeper. And best of all, I remembered how I would love him and he would always strive to love me more. It's just beautiful. And, like, we get this quote that Poppy says to Rune and she says, you may feel you will lose half of your heart when I go, but that doesn't give you permission to live half your life. And half of your heart will not not be gone because I'll always be walking beside you. I'll always be holding your hand. I'm woven into the fabric of who you are, just as you will always be attached to my soul. You love and laugh and explore for the both of us. And then we get this almost throwback to the footprints in the sand where he's carrying her back to the car and... Because Rune is carrying Poppy, she realises that there's only one set of footprints. And the quote is, you carried me in my hardest times when I couldn't walk. You carried me through. I'm just, I'm done. Mm. It's just a lot. Basically, it was two days after they got back from the beach that Poppy decided that it was time for her to go. And she's saying her goodbyes to her family. And when she sees Rune for the last time, she says that she loves him. And then we get this absolute heartbreaker. She says, I'll see you in my dreams. Trying to hold back my emotion, I rasped back. I'll see you in my dreams. Poppy sighed, a beautiful, peaceful smile gracing her face. She closed her eyes, lifting her chin for the final kiss. Her hand squeezed mine. Lowering myself to her mouth, I pressed the softest, most meaningful kiss to her soft lips. Poppy breathed out through her nose, the sweet scent engulfing me, and then she never breathed again. Rune starts kissing her over and over and over and over and over again until someone pulls him away from her. And it's, you know, that's very sad. And he grabs her, like, jar of kisses and he runs outside and he writes on it, kiss 1000 with Poppy Min when she returned home. My heart completely burst. Oh, my gosh. That's fucking terrible. Like, because the whole time it's been my heart almost burst and, like, this is the end and my heart completely burst because she's dead. Because she died. Yeah. Jesus. But he goes outside to collect himself and his dad is standing there and they're still not really on talking terms after the whole, like, two years of teenage angst. But in this moment, his dad takes him into his arms and holds him and he sobs and I sob and it's... sobbing. It was the fourth and final moment that defined my life, losing my girl and knowing it, my papa simply held me. Oh, Again, this same, this exact same happened in A Walk to Remember when his dad 
like they don't have a great relationship. He goes to him and they're crying and they're hugging. One week later, Poppy is laid to rest and his dad gives him this box that was actually prepared for him by Poppy before she passed away. Basically, there's a letter in this box and his dad was told to tell him to read the letter first and then there's a few boxes that go with it and they're numbered in the order that he needs to open them. And I was just fucking screaming at this point. I was like, I cannot cope. (laughs) The first box has an acceptance letter from New York University for um, like the School of Arts and his father and Poppy put through a portfolio for him to get a place at the university and he was accepted. And the final box, Poppy basically writes a letter that she knows Rune is not going to like, but he needs to basically learn to open his heart because she wants him to be happy when she's gone. In the box is a mason jar filled with blue paper hearts that are blank and on the label it reads a thousand girl kisses and I was absolutely heartbroken I was like at 17 I was so selfish I would have been like no you can die alone too (laughs) I'm still like that (laughs) I just felt it in my heart and then we get In the same chapter, we jump to a year later and basically he made Poppy a promise when she was alive because she was terrified that she was going to forget all their kisses and all their memories. And he said to her that he would never let her forget and that he would find a way to get those memories back up to her. And on the one-year anniversary of her death, 1,000 people show up to the Blossom Grove and they all have Chinese lanterns and they have written on each of the Chinese lanterns each one of their kisses. And can you just imagine how awkward it would have been if, like, her dad's pulled, like, the sex kiss out? Oh, like, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Need to know that. We then have this other depressing moment where Rune's little brother doesn't understand why they had to wait for the cherry blossoms to come out um, before they could send the lanterns up for Poppy. And Rune says, because Poppy Min was just like the cherry blossom. She only had a short life like they do, but the beauty that she brought in that time will never be forgotten because nothing so beautiful can last forever. She was a blossom petal, a butterfly, a shooting star. She was perfect. Her life was short, but she was mine just as I was hers. Oh, darling. Oh, fuck me. And you go, gosh, that's painful. But, you know, we're having some healing. We're having some growth. That's lovely. Hopefully that continues. It does not. No. Ten years fucking later. Also, the notion that throughout these ten years, Rune regularly has dreams where he visits Poppy. Mm. Is just I have heard that before though that if you dream of someone that you know that is dead, that's them talking to you. I love that. I, I hope that's accurate. That'd yeah. be nice. Mm. Rune is in the Blossom Grove with Poppy. We think it's a dream. Turns out it's not. We don't know much about how he died, but Poppy says that it was quick and it was peaceful, and that he lived a short but full life. Um. I mean, great for them that they're together again, like happy for And he's you. really stoked about it. But those poor fucking families, like shit. But like, what the fuck happened? 
I'm, I would have liked a bit more of like a background, like, you know, maybe he's walking somewhere in New York because he moved it's there. Hit yeah. He's hit by a bus. He's yeah. like, you know, he's going to take a photo and he accidentally moves and it's like one of those. Mm. I just would have liked for him to have lived a full fucking life and then yeah. come to and her when when mm. old and and he can introduce her to his new wife who you know I don't know you know I just feel like yeah that's I, normal like, yeah. in I, real life yeah. you go through the trauma yeah. you accept it for what it is you say inappropriate things and then you move on that's a, a lot of people don't do the inappropriate thing part no there are some of us weird souls out there that do. Yeah. Look. Yeah, bonded. <laughs> yeah, so we find out that Rune is dead. Didn't move on with anyone else. No. No. For 10 years. And I read somewhere that Tilly could never end the book with him moving on and being someone else because he was meant for Poppy. Like he belonged to her and no one else. Like that was it for them. And it's like. I like that notion, but then he should have died at 17. Like, it should have been Romeo and Juliet style, like, mm. yeah. and then not. I 100% agree. I just wish that he, even if he didn't remarry, even if he didn't end up with anyone else, I still wanted him to live a full life for Poppy. Because mm. Poppy wanted him to do. Like, live a full life, become a photographer, do famous, do, like, the portrait of the lady, like, what that yeah. artist did, like, you know. Do things like that that make a difference for the person who died anyway. Mm-hmm. Getting mm-hmm. on topic. Well, not really. It's on topic, but that's what I feel like. Um, but, yeah, so the book ends with this beautiful, beautiful quote, which is when they finally meet back up in heaven and she says, they kiss and she says, my forever kiss with my rune in our blossom grove when he finally came home. She smiled, I smiled, and then she added, and my heart almost burst. And that is it. That is it. And I was a sobbing mess by the end of this book. Tonight has just been a bit of a roller coaster of emotions, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of glad that Ellie was so unhinged because yeah. otherwise I would be bawling. Yeah. So I, look, I'm sorry, guys. When I read it, I was emotional. I just, it really affected me in the moment, but I just don't process that shit. If we had recorded this episode the day I finished the book, it would have been different. But I've sat with it. I've accepted it. And rejected it. And I've rejected <laughs> it. Music references. Where do I begin? So my notes say, I'm a mess. I better be fucking drunk right now. I'm not, and yet I'm still inappropriate. That's concerning. That's good. <laughs> but I have a few. I have a few. So. Firstly, Billie Eilish, I love you. This is purely for the lyrics alone. The smile that you gave me even when you felt like dying. We fell apart as it gets dark. I'm in your arms in Central Park. There's nothing you could do or say. I can't escape the way I love you. That's terrifying. Oh, my God, Ella. Literally, the the smile that you gave me even when you felt like dying. Yeah. See, I went and I I got dark and depressed to listen to this music. Yeah. (laughs) switch foot I dare you to move and it's just the general vibes of this song mm-hmm. I really picture it playing when Poppy's like frolicking in the ocean and Rune's taking his the photo of it and then oh the cherry God. on top Mandy Moore's version oh no. of Only Hope from A Walk to Remember oh my god why would you do that 
lyrics are, and I lift my hands and pray to be only yours. I pray to be only yours. I know now you're my only hope. That is very beautiful, that scene. Ellie, why were you out here to fuck us up? I'm not okay. So that's the end of that traumatic journey. Thank you so much, Tilly Cole, for ripping my soul from my body and stomping on it. Literally. Thankful. Thank you to the people who recommended that. I, lucky I love crying. Next up, obviously, last week we pulled this from the fishbowl and we are reading All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover. And after that, we have another little spicy, spicy moment for you, brought to you by our darling Georgia. The second book in the Priest series, Sinner. Yeah, get ready. This one is, um, you think you're uncomfortable now, just fucking wait. (laughs) And then we'll pull something from the fishbowl once we finish that situation. Thank you for joining us for another episode of A Book and a Bev. Please remember to like, follow and subscribe. If you want the video of us being fucking lunatics, there's YouTube. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok and reach out. If you've got any good fan art, send it to us. If you want us to read a particular book, please pop up in our DMs. We would love that. Well, I'll see you guys at the bottom. Bye. Bye.